The Chosen Families Project, where everybody is welcome. Welcome everyone. This is episode two of The Chosen Families Project. My name is Julian Rubello, and I am so, so excited for this new episode today. Today, this episode I have is titled Coming from Tokyo, Alfred Dashiell Bryan's Story. So I've recovered this photograph in an antique store near me, and especially with this, there was, I mean, these photos were in not only Ziploc bags, but they were also loose and just a cabinet. And so I literally like sat there for like a good 15, 20 minutes, and I was just digging through, looking at the names. And this one caught my attention. So the front of the photograph had no like identifying information or studio on it. But on the back, that's where I saw a ton of information. And whenever I see a ton of information, I get excited because it's almost like more puzzle pieces to figuring out who's in the photograph and all that type of stuff. So the back of the photograph reads, Dashiell Bryan, two years old. Underneath that in pencil, so in like a separate handwriting, it states, died December 28th, 1885, buried January 22nd, 1886. So this gives a lot of context clues. But one piece of information drew me in particular even more. So the photograph itself was taken at A. Futami Studio in Tokyo, Japan. So I've never really done Japanese-based genealogy before, so I was curious if I was going to even find them. Now as a genealogist, this is where like the problem solving comes in in order to start identifying who these people are. So what do I know to begin with? We know Dashiell according to this photograph, was born approximately in 1883. Now, I say Dashiell now, and I'm going in order of how I kind of found his name, because later on, I find his full name. But I'm just going on what's written on the photograph for now. So we know Dashiell was born approximately in 1883, based on the death date that was written on the back of the photograph. We also know that he was buried someplace around that time period, and he had been in Tokyo in approximately 1885 when the photograph was taken. So then I started doing some digging. So some quick genealogy searches that I do when I plugged in the name and things like that. I found a Dashiell Bryan on Findergrave, and Findergrave is a really good genealogy website that indexes headstones from cemeteries internationally. And so... I was very happy that I found it, especially considering it was in Tokyo, because I don't often see these international headstones. So in comparison to the back of the date list on the tombstone, it is only a couple days off, but the year is still same and same with the month. It's about like four days off because the back of the photograph said January 22nd, 1886, because now I have it like blown up in front of me. Meanwhile, the headstone reads December 26th, but this could be miscommunication or things like that and you have to consider these type of things in genealogy because sometimes a couple days off especially when you're dealing with similar families could mean the difference between a completely different family or another so i'm not trying to discount that a couple days makes a big difference here but especially because internationally it might and the name is very unique that's what i kind of considered so now going on this on finder grave it was my first clue to who this might be actually like who's the his parents might be so on finder grave it reads son of av brian who lived in japan from 1882 to 1916 so now the trick was to figure out who this av brian is 
So the cemetery itself actually has a pretty interesting history. Aoyama Cemetery, which is where Deshi O'Brien was buried in, is located in what is considered today metropolitan Tokyo. And a tourist website for the cemetery that I found online states that it's located in a chic neighborhood of Iowama. It is the sprawling uh, Iowama Cemetery. So it opened in 1874 and is home to the graves of many of Tokyo's historically and culturally important people. And during the Meiji period, it was the main location for a large number of foreigners' graves, which is around the time that Dashi O'Brien would have uh, passed away. So this makes sense to why he was buried in the foreign section of the cemetery, which is actually listed on his headstone or on the Finder Grave Memorial website as the section that he's buried in. So I tried to look for other individuals maybe with the surname Brian to see, and there was an Emma Brian located in the cemetery, but I'm not completely sure if she was related to the family. So then, in further research, I was able to identify who A.V. Brian actually was. And A.V. Brian actually stood for Reverend Arthur Vernon Brian. So Reverend, I'm going to just call him Reverend Brian because saying his this A.V. Brian might be getting annoying. <laughs> So, Reverend Bryan, he was the son of Edward D. and Sarah Conger Bryan. So, this is actually from the History of the Presbytery of Washington. It's a this uh, book that I found. And this is what I found so interesting in my search is the amount of documentation that I found specifically because of the family's involvement with the Presbyterian Church. And he actually was a really popular minister at the time. So, just a little uh, short biography that it lists for uh, for Reverend Brian. He was born in Rye, which is in Westchester County, New York, on May 11th, 1856. For this, it says he graduated at the New Jersey College in 1878 and at the Western Theological Se- Seminary in 1881. So he was licensed by the Presbytery of Washington in April of 1880 and ordained by the same in April t- on April 26th, 1882. So he married Mary M. Dashiell on October 11th, 1882 in Lakewood, New Jersey. And so he went out under the forum board in November of 1882 to Japan. So this is, and then according to this book, which was written in 1889, it's where he had continued until the present time. And he was stationed in Hiroshima. So now I decided to dig a little bit further and try to understand the context of these missions itself to provide more on Reverend Brian's family. So the first Presbyterian missionaries to Japan arrived in Yokohama in 1859. And despite hospitality experienced by the missionaries throughout the closing decades of the 19th century, century, mission activities continued to expand. So after 1906, the Cumberland Presbyterian Church transferred its work into Japan to the PCUSA Board of Foreign Missions. The mission's work was primarily educational and evangelistic. I cannot say that word. (laughs) So because of the extensive system of Japanese hospitals and primary primary schools, the board made no effort to compete, concentrating instead on Christian secondary and higher education facilities for girls and women. In addition, it established 10 kindergartens and the oral school for the deaf and cooperated in the operation of two theological seminaries. Although evolving in the mid-1900s after World War II, currently, um, according to Wikipedia, there is around 67 of these congregations in Japan still existing today, ranging from 2,000 to 3,000 members.
So what I found through research was that Reverend Bryan worked with his wife in Hiroshima from 1882 until around 1916. So he not only acted as a missionary, but he also recruited other men towards the cause. So he's found, I, when I was doing my search over the past couple days and doing the research for this photograph, there was so many documentation on him, and I did the documentation that I didn't have to pay a subscription for. Um, he had appeared in newspapers pretty much nationwide because of his work, and he was evolved all around the country because of all the missionary stuff that he did with the Presbyterian Church. So, and I know at one point he was living in South Dakota. So, a newspaper article discussing his work in 1920, which was in the Kodoka Press, which, like I said, was from South Dakota, talked about his work in recruiting young men. So, by that point, he had already been done with his missionary work internationally. But I wanted to bring this up firsthand to kind of show how involved he was. So the article reads, he's charged with the duty of recruiting young men for the service of the church as ministers of missionaries. Reverend A.V. Bryan of Kodoka has been named county representative of the Life Service Department of the Inner Church World Movement for Jackson County. The article also reads, the importance of Mr. Bryan's work is readily recognized when it is realized that all the church colleges and seminaries now exist in the United States are on a, are unable to supply the demand for pastors and missionaries or even to fill the place places left vacant by those who fall sick and die or either or enter other business so as i said he was kind of renowned for uh for his ministry work so he was actually it seemed he was going around to different universities so when i so here i'll give kind of a breakdown of my technique for researching for how how i kind of found this in the first place so especially when you're looking outside of maybe just like ancestry or family research like the traditional platforms sometimes what i'll do is especially if they were doing other work outside of those things there might be other public documents that exist out there so what i did was i put his name in quotes reverend a v Bryan, and what i found was all these documents that popped up and so some of these are the examples so on january 18th 1910 he actually gave a talk called the Traditions of Japan at the University of New Mexico, which I thought was pretty interesting considering, um, so it was like almost like a class book. Some of these documents that I found were pretty interesting and they were fully online. Um, and I have them all in my blog. They're all linked in there if you wanted to actually take a look. But it was actually a yearbook from 1910 um, from the graduating class and it that's how it popped up because his name came up in the searchable text. Um, another article that I found that said um, is from the Ellsworth American from September 14th, 1910. Um, and it reads, Reverend Evie Bryan writing from Port Arthur, Manchuria about the value of Christian endeavor. So this is more about his work. And this is like, it's, an, it's a direct quote that he said. So Reverend Bryan says, when I think of the great help Christian endeavor has been to the church at large, I wonder that anyone, especially the pastors, can criticize it. It seems to me that the organization was begun at just the right time. And so what I believe is the little boy in the photograph is actually sitting on his father's lap, which is Reverend Avery Bryan. So now we actually figured out that mystery. However, though, there is something I do want to address about his work taken in the historical context. I think one of the biggest thing to consider in genealogy is the historical and cultural context of the time, considering how much society has evolved over a year amongst the different ethnicities. Because during the 20th century, 
we had two world wars and a ton of culture clashes. So it's really interesting to kind of see, you know, why his to see the effect of the Christian faith within Japan. So like I mentioned previously, uh, Reverend Brian actually had a lot of his pieces and I was able to actually find some of his full writings. So in a piece titled A Japanese Flower and the Assembly Herald, which was published in June of 1903, it reads, To one who stands afar off, or to one who has given but a casual glance at a people like the Japanese, the ambassadors of Christ seem to be the embodiment of crass folly and presumption and offering a religion in place of the civilization and the so-called beautiful effects of Buddhism. But the missionary who lives among the people and who gains the confidence of the people may well rejoice that he is the means of bringing a power and life that can uplift and and transform the peoples of an alien race. And after I read this piece, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, considering because they're calling the way that it just comes off just reads very wrong, especially since they're kind of, since the missionaries essentially came to them. And I know I mean, I'm not an expert or historian per se, but just from doing this and understanding kind of a basic historical context, it just doesn't seem, it just seems a little off. However, I know their intentions were good, as mentioned before, with a lot of their charitable work. And I also looked into what the religion actually at the time in Japan was during that time period. So um, from some research, it was described as the state Shinto, or Japanese Kalkushinto, which is a nationalistic official religion of Japan from the Meiji Restoration. Which so this kind of religious time period, it says, it was from between 1868 through World War II, and it focused on cere- uh, ceremonies of the imperial ho- household and the public Shinto shrines. So that was kind of the existent religion at the time, which I thought was pretty interesting, considering that they mentioned uh, Buddhist beliefs. So I wondered if it was like kind of evaluating the present Asian beliefs at the whole at the time or like a misunderstanding or things like that or not having the proper terminology. But I just wanted to also just have that in mind, considering that um, religion was a major part of Reverend Brian's life during that time period. Now, I wanted to just get back to Alfred and his mother, because I thought, um, just to provide some background on Reverend Brian's work, because essentially that's why um, Dashiell Bryan ended up in Tokyo with his family in the first place. According to a document that I found, which was published in 1890, called Women's Work for Women, it states um, that at San Francisco, Reverend Avery Bryan, Miss Bryan, and child arrived from Hiroshima, Japan, um, addressed, and it said location was Lawn Ridge, Orange, New Jersey. So Arthur Dashiell would have been deceased by then because if they arrived in 1890, he already died back in Japan in 1886. So this is where my genealogical expertise kicks in because now I have to apply it to the actual family tree and assessing these records and relating it to the family. So now, uh, Mary and Reverend uh, Reverend Brian would go up to have two more children. So they had a daughter named Marjorie. 
She was born in 1886 and passed away in 1977. And Ridgely, who was born in 1891 and would pass away in 1984. Now, Mary Bryan would pass away in 1891. And this is this uh, her death and her the biographical work and all the documentation that I found actually played a key role in understanding the death of her child. So um, her obituary was published in the Memorials of Foreign Missionaries of the Presbyterian Church in a document from 1895. So it came out a couple years after she had passed. So it reads, Miss Mary M. Bryan. So early on Thursday morning last, May 19th, 1891, there passed from earth to heaven one of God's dear children. The long residence of the Dashiell family in this community, which is Lakewood, New Jersey, the prominence of the father and all the church and social interests of our village, the character work life work of the daughter herself, Miss Bryan, all combined to draw out the hearth, heart, heartiest sympathies of the wide circle of friends. Miss Mary M. Bryan was born in Stockbridge, Massachusetts on May 27, 1858, and was 10 years of age when the family moved to Lakewood. And here she grew up to womanhood. And here she also united herself to the Church of Christ on July 2, 1876. And here in October 1882, she was married to Reverend A.V. Bryan in the church of which her father was, the, was then the pastor. It was not the ordinary life or of comfort and home privileges these two then entered upon, for they sailed shortly after their marriage as missionaries to Japan, gladly leaving the old life behind them if only they could do something for the master. There they remained until a year ago. So um, just to cut off from the actual obituary, a year ago was 1890 in relevance to her death. So there they rem remained until a year ago when they returned to this country for a much needed rest. Their work in Japan chiefly centered itself at the city of Hiroshima, where Mr. Bryan was sent to found a mission station and where his wife gathered a large Sabbath school of 200 children about her to whose training she gave her strength and exceptional powers of teaching, until she prostrated by a severe attack of typhoid fever. It was during their residence in Tokyo that she lost her firstborn son, Alfred Dashiell, a very bright and promising lad, three years old, and doubtless, as well as the following hard years of joyful labor and winning souls to Christ, from the ignorant around her, were the, the means of bringing her to the nearest nearness to God and strong faith in his power to comfort and help which came out so clearly in the last months of her life and just to take a pause there because that was a lot of um, other jargon that sentence stood out for me and it was very peculiar because um, Dashiell Bryan is actually the surnames of both um, Mary M. Bryan and her husband uh, Reverend Bryan so it's interesting because now um, it goes to consider why he was buried as just Dashiell Bryan instead of Alfred Dashiell Bryan. But as the case is, this help gave him his proper name according to these official documents. So to continue um, with the obituary that I found, it reads, Her visit to this country was largely made to recruit her health for further work in Japan. But God ordered otherwise and has called upon her, called her up higher. After much suffering, but with a conscious and clear mind and an unshaken faith in her Savior, she passed away at the residence of her mother-in-law in Orange, New Jersey. 
sending many loving messages from the bed of death to friends at home and in Japan, serenely confident that she would see and greet friends before her to go to the heavenly home and committing her two children as confidently to take care of a covenant-keeping God who never fails to respond to the trust of his people. Miss Bryan was wonderfully gifted in the direction of music and of art. Her powers were recognized and largely appreciated at home and abroad, and at the same time her nature was peculiarly 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 adapted to the work to which she was consecrated. Hers was a sunny disposition, genial and bright, enabling, enabling her to quickly make friends wherever she went. Her mind was strong to grasp the truth and very ready gifted in the powers of expression, so that she quickly took rank among her co-laborers in the field, and at once found herself the center of a large circle of influence among the Japanese, whose hearts were hers from the first. That work to the man's eyes is ceased on earth. Her hands were folded, are folded, and her lips are silent. Yet can any good work well begin work well begun ever stop? The soul she has won to Christ shall speak for her. The seed of truth sown in faith shall yet bring forth their harvest, and being dead her influence shall yet the more increased by the power of him who called her into his into his vineyard, and she heard the call and obeyed. And the, um, the subscript is from Reverend Charles H. McLean. So this is who actually wrote the biographical piece for her. And like I mentioned before, the most surprising quote was about Alfred Dashiell himself. So that's, um, I will be calling him Alfred instead of Dashiell Bryan for going forward. Um, so then Reverend Bryan would actually go to marry Margaret Cuthbert. She was born in 1861 and passed away in 1941, just a year after his first wife passed in 1892. And they would go to have three more children. Reverend Bryan would pass away on the 27th of December, 1931. His first wife, Mary, and him are buried in Woodlawn Cemetery in Lakewood, New Jersey. I actually did find a obituary for Reverend Arthur Bryan as well. Um, it reads, and so this is from the Japanese Christian Yearbook from 1932, and it reads, Arthur Vernon Bryan was born on the 11th of May, 1856 56, at Rye, New York. His education was obtained in Blairstown, New Jersey at Phillips Andover Academy, then at Princeton University and the Western Theological Seminary. He was appointed to Japan by the Board of Foreign Missions of the Presbyterian Church in the U.S. on April 12th and sailed December the 5th, 1882. He retired from the service of the mission on September 18th, 1916 on account of Miss Bryan's health after 34 years of ser faithful service. After Mr. Bryan's return to the United States, he engaged in home mission work in South Dakota, where he revealed a prior pioneer spirit. This same spirit has manifested itself in the presence of the field in Persia of Miss Katie H. Allen, his daughter Hulda, and every church which he has served. His death occurred at Monroton, Pennsylvania on the 28th of September, 1931. Mr. O'Brien is survived by his wife, one son, and four daughters. And as you can see from this, these families seem to be deeply rooted in the church, and they actually... Um, so Alfred's grandparents of the child that's sitting on the lap of Arthur in the photograph, um, or Arth so 
you know, Arthur and Mary's parents were also deeply rooted within the Presbyterian Church. So Arthur's parents were Reverend Edward Dennis Bryan, who was born in 1812 and died in 1886, and Sarah Bogart Conger, who was born in 1820 and passed away in 1899. Mary's parents were Reverend Alfred Henry Dashiell Jr. and Susan Emily Sargent. So for, um, on the one side of the family, for the Bryan side, uh, I actually found something really interesting. So I decided to do the same technique as before and take a look at this, the names themselves online as well as through the family tree records. And what I found is that um, the Bryan family originates um, from those ingrained within the American Revolution. So I found this really interesting record called a lineage book. So this was from 1898 from the National Society of the Daughters of the American Revolution, or the DAR. And I found a woman by the name of Miss Matilda Bryan Burr, who was born in New York. Um, she is the wife of James Edward Burr and is the descendant of Judge George Bryan. Now, going back, it actually lists the... Um, it lists Arthur's parents' names, which are, so it mentions the daughter of Reverend Edward Dennis Bryan and Sarah Bogart Conger, his wife. And then going back a couple generations, um, it leads to George Bryan, who in 1777 was vice president and in 1778 president of the Supreme Executive Council of Pennsylvania. And in 1780, he was appointed judge of the Supreme Court of the state. So that's on the Bryan side. They came from a long line of those founded within the American Revolution, which was interesting. And then for Mary's parents on the Dashiell side of the family for Arthur, or excuse me, for Alfred, too many A names, <laughs> um, I found the obituary for her father, the Reverend Alfred Henry Dashiell, which now, if you look, think about it, Alfred Dashiell actually took the name of his grandfather, um, Mary Dashiell. So it reads, The Reverend Dr. Alfred Henry Dashiell died at his home in Lakewood, New Jersey yesterday. And this was from the 16th of February, 1908. So he passed away on the 15th of February, 1908. So he was born at Elkridge, Maryland on July, no, excuse me, January 9th, 1824 the son of Dr. Alfred H. Dashiell, whose father was another reverend, Dr. George Dashiell, um, and he was the first rector of Old St. Peter's in Baltimore. And his mother was Anne Ridgely, daughter of Richard Ridgely of Hampton, who was judge of the Supreme Court of Maryland. So, and just a little background on uh, Al Reverend Alfred Henry Dashiell as well, to continue with the obituary. Um, he was 10 years the pastor of a the Congregational Church of Stockbridge, Massachusetts, and he regained his pastorate in 1862, become chaplain of the 56th, 57th Regiment uh, Massachusetts Volunteers. Um, and it reads that in which capacity he served until the close of the uh, war, which is the Civil War. So he went to Lakewood, then Bricksburg in 1867, and was the founder and the first minister of the Presbyterian Church of that place. His pastorate closed in 1888. And 
Until a few years ago, he had oversight of mission work in the Presbytery of Monmouth and was instrumental in the establishment of many churches along the coast and among the pines of New Jersey. He was a member of the New York State Commandary of the local Loyal Legion, and he was twice married. So he had two wives, and afterward, um, so Mary's mother is Susan Sargent of Stockbridge, and he leaves his son and three daughters, one of which is Mary M. Bryan, who passed away in 1892, who was Alfred Dashiell Bryan's mother. So right now, I am in the process of reaching out to relatives. Um, it's so there is actually, I believe, over 43 or 44 trees on Ancestry, which is my way of contacting the relatives. I basically kind of look up the names and then go one by one and reach out to people telling them about my project and hoping to get a hit on someone who is interested on uh, having the photo physically handed back to them. And also I did find a family tree on family search as well on the family search database. And what I found interesting um, to conclude was that the story was like a collaboration of international records and doing some searches outside of sources and biographicals in order to tell Alfred's story. And I mean, you know, he had a really short life. And so that's why I also highlighted more on the fact of his parents' stories and their work. But, you know, he was buried in Tokyo. And so while the rest of the family kind of eventually made it back to the U.S., which is just, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of, it's really crazy to think about because now Alfred's all by himself in Tokyo. You know, maybe it's like an uh, ode to their work that they did in Japan, maybe, and, you know, leaving a piece of themselves in there always, especially, you know, and it's just crazy because especially since he was their firstborn son. So I'm so glad to tell his story because it just, it's, you know, it gives a voice back to Alfred because he was kind of lost within the records. And until I really dug in and I was looking at all these family trees, he was actually unaccounted for because no traditional census or birth records um, had him listed, which leads me to believe um, he was born sometime, he was born in Japan, which is when, be because between 1882 and 1916 is when Arthur was doing his actual work. And now that I have this information, I am done, and I, because of all the research that I have done, I'm going to add him now to all the public databases that I can and get his photograph of him and his father out there. So that way they can be properly accounted uh, for within, you know, the genealogy realm. And especially for his relatives, because, you know, he had two other siblings that lived far into adulthood. I'd rather um, also give him a voice to, to be accounted for. And, you know, it's a common pattern in genealogy sometimes. Like, um, I've seen in my own family tree that a lot of the times we have the siblings who are in adulthood and especially in the early 20th century a lot of the um, family members who have uh, possible like young deaths or babies who died young kind of go accounted for unless otherwise found by some form of death record or some some other form of record because otherwise they you know if they were born in 1903 and died in 1903 you know no modern census record would account for them. And that's how I found um, the child of one of my great-grandparents. So it's kind of using those uh, uh, techniques from previous research, which 
And that's why I do these projects in the first place, because it develops and hones in on my skills as a researcher and makes me explore different avenues of records and things like that in order to provide a composite picture of an individual, especially when it comes to identification. This ty these type of methodologies are really important, I find. So just to conclude one more time, if you were related to Alfred Dashiell O'Brien or his parents, Reverend Arthur Vernon Bryan or his mother, Mary M. Uh, Bryan, please reach out to me at the Chosen Families Project at gmail.com or jrebellogenealogy at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the second episode of the Chosen Families Project. Next week, I will be continuing to explore some of the photos I've recovered from the haul that I got, as well as bringing on some guests, and I want to talk about their family stories and things like that. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, Facebook, or wherever you listen. Take care now. Remember that you are loved, and have a great rest of your day.